0: You know, there's ways to calm your body down and nervousness does not mean that you're going to fail. No, my goodness. It means that you're in a heightened state. And if you can, if you can embrace that heightened state, you can do magnificent things.
1: This is The Tournament Code. We appreciate you taking the time to join us rob we know your story right now as far as you're playing out there on the champions tour but before we get to all that let's start at the beginning what got you into the game of golf
0: (laughs) got me into the game of golf i grew up on a little uh a little executive golf course in Southington, connecticut Uh, my dad was a big drinker he liked to uh just pound the alcohol the vodka hide it all over the house and i didn't want to be in the house so i found his clubs in the garage And, um, we had a little eighth hole. It was a little par four in the back of my house. I used to just, you know, just hit golf balls into that green and just peg up the greens. And I never actually realized back in the day about ball marks when I was a little kid, I would just fire them in there, fire them in there. No wonder why I got chased off the golf course every day because, uh, you know, I was just making divots and firing them into that hole. Like it was nothing. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's what got me in. And I got hooked right away. As soon as my, as soon as I found that it wasn't like you know, I went out there every day to get away from my dad, even though I did. I just kind of went out there and I fell in love with it. So his drinking actually pushed me uh, into finding golf, which was, uh, which was a blessing in disguise. Um, and I just couldn't get enough of it. I did it before school, uh, before the bus came at 7 in the morning. And as soon as I got off the bus, uh, I did it right when we got off the bus. So, um, you know, the studies always took second uh, base to it. And um, golf was always in the forefront. So there, that's, how, that's how it started.
1: That is cool. That's very providential that it worked out that way. And as far as playing golf, as you said, you got into it, got addicted to it. But it, but playing in tournaments, how did you get into playing tournaments? Even did you play as a junior golf for much in any tournaments?
0: Yeah, I did. You know, my mom, uh, my mom was a bit advocate for me, kind of playing. She, she saw me get chased off the golf course every day. So one day, she was a she was an intensive care unit nurse. She used to work night shifts. Um, we, we grew up in a lower middle-class family. It wasn't like, uh, you know, we had a lot of money, but my mom saved up a bunch of money to get me a membership. Uh, so the, 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 head pro came up to my door one day and, and handed me a membership card. He said, now you don't have to hit balls off the eighth hole. You can come to the first hole. So, uh, so I started playing off the first hole and then, um, you know, started playing local Connecticut State Golf Association events, uh, little local, you know, club events that they had there. And, um, then I started playing the AJGA tour when we moved down to Florida. My parents saw at the age of 16 that uh, I, was, I was enjoying the heck out of it and playing it every day. and They were like, let's get this kid down to Florida. So they moved me down to Hopestown, Florida in um, my junior year in high school. And, um, I, again, I could play every day and now in the winters too, which is really cool. And uh, played some AJGA events, uh, played in the U.S. Juniors, uh, finished in the quarterfinals to the U.S. Junior uh, one year to Jason Widener, um, who actually won the tournament. And, um, you know, just kind of kept on grinding away. Um, uh, yeah. And then got a, you know, a scholarship to, uh, to a bunch of colleges and ended up picking central Connecticut state as the college that I went to. Um, although I didn't last very long there.
1: <laughs> Getting to that. How, how did you choose to say, Hey, I want to go play at central Connecticut state. And what was really your thought process when going to look at colleges to play at a girl? Okay. <laughs> so,
0: so I did everything for the wrong reasons when I was young. I didn't have a ton of guidance. <laughs> Um, I had a few scholarship offers, some great, uh, some great schools, uh, Florida international, um, you know, there was some other schools that were kind of interested UCLA. Uh, but, uh, I was, uh, I chased a girl back to central Connecticut state. We were 18th in nation division one. Actually, we were actually a pretty good, pretty good team. Um, and, um, you know, I found it way too easy to skip class and hit golf balls and, uh, and, drink beer. And then, you know, of course the, the girlfriend didn't work out. So can you believe that? <laughs> So it's kind of like one of those things, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, and then I just found myself, uh, under the radar and under the, uh, the, uh, the grade radar, so to speak. Uh, so I decided to, uh, to leave school and turn pro, which was really premature. Uh, but, uh, in 1991 in 1990, I started playing the mini tours. And then, uh, in 1991, uh, my mom said to me, you know, honey, she goes, I love you to death and you're probably gonna make millions on the PGA tour. But, uh, you need to do something besides play golf in case you ever get injured. So she found out uh, about the PGA of America. And um, I got a job at Monarch Country Club in 1991. And, uh, you know, started out in the carts, shine an iron. And um, worked my way into the shop in, in a few months. And then, uh, you know, I decided to get my PGA membership, uh, which, uh, which I was really close to in 1994. Uh, but then I decided to, uh, to leave that because I got offered a bunch of money to go play full time. So uh, I took the cash uh, and played until 1997, uh, golden bear tour made, made some money and won some events. And then my dad decided to, to die in 1997 brain cancer. He decide to, he just did, which I took kind of hard. And, and, uh, for about a year and a half, I fell off the rung and, and did some pretty stupid things as a, as a guy. And, and then I uh, got offered a job at Shinnecock in, in 1998, uh, which was kind of like the turnaround of my career again. So, uh, Uh, got my PGA membership in uh, year 2000. And then uh, off she went. I was like, oh, I can qualify for PGA championships now.
2: And kind of leading right into that, you ended up playing in eight PGA championships so far in your career. And um, did you think that that was kind of a possibility when you first started to work at Shinnecock or were you kind of just focused on getting back um, on track in your personal life? That
0: was the reason why I almost got the PGA membership. I knew that there were playing opportunities. I always had in the back of my, my mind, I'm always a big dreamer um, and a big goal setter. Um, I always thought that I could either top 15 it in a PGA championship or win it. Even as a club pro, I had that, that I guess that cockiness or, or not really cockiness, but confidence to, to go into these tournaments and, and you know, try to win these events, even though I was ill-prepared because these guys were playing full time all the time. But I always thought that if I went into a PGA championship, I made the cut. Uh, you got jumped right into the second stage of, of tour school. Uh, so you have to make it through four rounds of Q school and then you're in the finals. And then you're going to have some sort of card, whether it be back in the day, it was the Hogan tour nationwide tour. Uh, you know, now it's a uh, corn Ferry tour and you could also just jump right into the PGA tour if you played well enough. So that changed, I guess I don't remember what year it did because now you have to go right through the corn Ferry tour to get, get to the PGA tour. But when that happened, that was kind of a knife through through the heart uh, for me because I didn't want to. By that time, I had a great job uh, at at uh, Glen Arbor as the director of golf, and I didn't really want to go take a pay cut and and travel and and play the Corn Ferry Tour to get my PGA Tour card. I just I was enjoying being a club pro and playing majors and teaching lessons and um, you know running a, a high end private golf club. It was uh, it was a lot of fun.
1: How did you balance teaching lessons and trying to play competitively? Because I can imagine that could be a hard thing to do.
0: So in 2003, I won Canadian, uh, PGA tour Q school. So I got my Canadian card and I played out there for a year and a half, uh, and just found that, you know, I played well. Um, I made almost every cut and I finished second, and, uh, was my best finish out there. Um, but it was one of those things where I left the Canadian tour, uh, in 2004, uh, and took the job up at Glen Arbor in 2005 and I had a shaky marriage, uh, and I knew that it wasn't going to be, uh you know, it wasn't going to be great. Um, we've had, we had a beautiful child, Matthias, my, my firstborn who's, who's at LSU right now He's a sophomore go Tigers. And, um, when I left, uh, the Canadian tour, I made a I made a, a mental pact to myself to just grind away. Cause I wanted to still, you know, either play the tour, play the, you know, get through Q school, whatever it was play in the PGA championship to get to Q school. But I also knew that the Champions Tour when I turned 50 was going to be a, a big thing for me. So, you know, how did I balance it? I got up in the morning. I worked out first thing, you know, at 6 a.m. Uh, till 7. Uh, I would eat breakfast with my family from 7 to 7.30. I'd be in the course by 8, have a staff meeting from 8 to 8.30. Um, you know, I'd, I'd teach a few lessons until 10 uh, or 11. Um, you know, I'd, I'd then have another staff meeting, see how everybody's doing, shake some hands, uh, maybe practice for an hour or two teach a few more lessons uh, to like two or three, check on everybody, shake some more hands and practice till dark workout, eat dinner, go to bed, rinse, wash, repeat for 20 years.
1: That's a heck of, that's heck of a work ethic right there.
0: <laughs> that is just what it took for me to get there. And in between learn tricks on how to visualize and how to, you know, see myself, you know, getting to that point, um, listen to a lot of people that I respected uh, along the way, i got to meet some tour winners. Uh, I played with a lot of people in those PGA championships. I was never scared to ask questions. I was never scared to, to play with Dustin Johnson, to ask to play with Tiger Woods. Uh, I wanted to get out there and just learn from the best and, and see what I could do. Every time that I got into a major, I would play practice rounds with the top guys. And, um, you know, I would, I would ask them questions and Webb Simpson, Tommy Fleetwood, all these guys I wanted to learn from because they were, they were idols of mine. You know, they were doing this thing full time. Uh, um, but also had to, I had to balance, you know, running a high end private golf club. So, um, you know, I never, I never let the dream of myself playing full time leave. I was always, I always wanted it to happen, but I also knew that I had to, to do a job and I was vested in, in Glen Arbor golf club. Uh, and, uh, you know, one teacher of the year, had a lot of accolades being there player of the year a few times, you know, played in all those majors, uh, won a, almost every tournament up in the section. and. Um, you know, I just, I just wanted a little bit more. I wasn't quite fulfilled, you know, uh, until I won Q school in 2021. And and that kind of made it complete.
2: So was it hard to, let's say, you know, you finally got to the major and you've played, you know, maybe some tournaments throughout the year, but nothing compared to the PGA championship. Was it hard to kind of just relax and treat it like any other tournament? Or did you treat it like any other tournament?
0: Yeah, I mean, I treated it like any other tournament. It, you know, it, it, it's four rounds, and you're on the biggest stage in golf, so you had to kind of get used to it. Um, it. It was just one of those things where, you know, I went in there with the with the goal of winning. Uh, I never won one. I made a few cuts. I made three cuts, I believe. Uh, but when I made that cut, my first cut in 2010, I knew that I could play out there because I felt comfortable, uh, and I was under par for 36 holes at Whistling Straits, uh, and you know, was some pretty good wind uh and here i am a, a part-time player so to speak i wasn't grinding out there all day you know i was i was running high end private golf club and, and teaching lessons and coaching and being a you know a dad and um uh, you know and just doing all the things that you do as, as a club pro you know i i knew in the back of my brain that my when i played with these with these guys out there that uh you know i could hit just as far as them uh i could make putts just like them my short game was good um, and I wasn't super, I was nervous and excited, but I wasn't scared of being out there. Uh, it actually felt good. It felt comfortable. So that's why I decided to just keep going at it because I knew I could, I could break through sooner or later. And then finally, um, you know, it just manifested in, in champion store Q school.
2: Beautiful. And I really do. I want to get to that Champions Tour Q school shortly, but I was just thinking when you were talking about playing in those PGA's and you mentioned asking Webb Simpson and Tommy Fleetwood um, you know, questions, what kind of questions did you ask those guys to learn from them?
0: I asked about their managers. I asked about, you know, how much they practice, what do they practice? How do they travel? You know, what is it, uh, what is it like on their family? What is it, what's the toll? What's, what do they have to do with their bodies? Do they have to work out? How much are they working with their coaches? I would ask them anything that I wanted to know to, to see what I could add into my repertoire to see if I could get an edge I know a lot of the other club pros, when they got into the events, uh, would be a little intimidated by most of the tour pros. Uh, And, you know, granted, listen, you know, I I understood my place in those PGA championships. People weren't there to see me. Okay. They weren't there to watch me play golf. They were there to see Dustin Johnson, Tiger Woods, you know, Phil Mickelson, uh, Tommy Fleetwood, you know, Webb Simpson. They're there to see those guys. I knew my place. uh, And I I went in there with, with my ears and eyes wide open. And I worked my ass off, like I always do. Uh, and I compared myself to those guys and I just knew that if I could get the time to do it all the time that I could get to their level. And, um, you know, listen, I, I'm not at the PGA tour level. I'm at the, at the champions tour level, which is guys who are 50, but you know what? These guys were, you know, you got the yearning L's, You got the, you got the Stephen Alkers, You got, you got guys to Padre Carrington. You got guys who are just world beaters out here. And, um, you know, I, I haven't closed many events out yet. I played some good events and I'm learning. Uh, but uh, i'm still confident and i'm gonna i'm gonna win out there i know it's gonna happen i can i can feel it i manifest it it's just gonna happen it's a matter of time i'm a patient guy i'm not gonna get down uh, about anything uh, my first year out on, on tour I, I maintained my card and um, and i'm ready to go out there this year again and maintain my card and finish higher on the, on the money list and and get a couple wins um, it's just a matter of time you know, I just got to keep working on the right things.
2: I love that confidence and I love that mindset. And that has to be, you know, a big reason that you were able to get through Q school in the first place. And you talked about 20 years of work to get there and you got through on your first try, right. When you turned 50, what was it like playing in that Q school knowing that you worked for 20 years and here's my one shot. I have four rounds, to get through, and there's only five people to get through. People say it's the hardest Q school to get through in golf. So, just what was that like, and what was your mindset going into there?
0: So, yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I'll be totally honest with you guys. You know, I went in there, and I wanted to get one of those five cards uh, more than anything. And I've envisioned that. I envision, you know, there's a few things that you can do uh, in your life to really succeed. You can envision things to the smallest detail, and if you do that over and over and over, and when I talk about the smallest detail, I mean, I. I'll get to I'll get to the Q school part, but this is how I learned how to do this. In 2016, the Westchester Open was at at my golf course at Glen Arbor, and um, I wanted to win the Westchester Open, and it was put on the schedule in 2015. So during the winter time, I had a lot of time to to work out and uh, kind of get my body ready. I got into spinning the, the spinning class, right? So a friend of mine, a very close friend, Ron Vitiery told me about a movie to watch. And then she told me about envisioning things to the smallest detail. And I didn't quite understand what she meant. So I sat down with her at dinner one night. She said, listen, you've got to see things to the smallest detail, not yourself hoisting a trophy. You want to see how heavy that trophy is. You want to feel the wind blowing, you know, into the trophy. You want to see what your wife's face looks like. You want to see the tear running down her eye, when she's so proud of you. You want to see your little girl and feel her kind of run up to you and grab you. I had this vision of walking up the 18th hole with my son, Matthias. Um, I've always wanted to lead him in a direction of, um, of showing him that if you work your ass off, you can get whatever you want. And I had this vision of walking up the 18th hole. And if you've ever been to Glen Harbor, uh, 18th hole is kind of grand. It goes up this big hill and a, and a big white clubhouse sits up the top of the hill. And, and there's people, there's people that can stand on top and watch over the 18th green. And, and I had this vision of me putting my arm around him and saying, see, see what it's like, you know, when you work really hard, uh, to, to come up eighteen uh, with a three-shot lead to win the Westchester Open. And I envisioned that while I was spinning every day. And I saw the tear coming down his eyes. And sure as hell, okay, I'm walking up the 18th hole with a three-shot lead, and I put my arm around him. I mean, it still puts, gets my my hair to stand up. And I said, see what it's like to work really hard, and you get the things that you want. And a tear was coming down his eye. And I won that tournament. But I had seen myself win it a year prior, and it happened. So you can envision things, and your power of the brain is, is really powerful. And people, people get scared of, of seeing things like that, and they, they don't want to do the work that it takes to do that. It's, it's a powerful thing, and, and that's why I believe that I'm going to win, because I see myself winning out there. And I know that it's going to happen, because I've put myself in that position so many times. Now, granted, I've had some hardships since the final rounds, but I'm going, to, I'm going to break through, and I'm going to win, and it's going to be the greatest feeling ever, because I, I've already seen it happen.
1: And so when you were in Q school, you'd already envisioned uh-huh. that happening.
0: So I envisioned that call to my wife. I envisioned the call to my wife. I can't tell you how many times the, the call of telling her that we did it. <laughs> and it chokes me up every time because I, you know, I, I just, someone had a camera and the, the guys at the champion store had a camera when I, when I got through that. Now, Now, granted, you know, the, the night before the final round, I was a mess. I was a mess. I was on, I was in tears. I was praying to God. I'm calling all my friends. I'm calling all of my tour winners that I know. I'm calling Rich Beam. I'm calling Jim Herman. I'm I'm calling these guys saying, "What the hell do I do? How do I get this done?" And every one of them said the same thing: "Where I'm just go out there, have fun and smile. You know, just go out there and have fun. Don't even worry about it." And I'm like, "How do you how do you go have fun when when this is on the line? I mean, I'm 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 two shots clear, but I'm you know I'm, I'm three back. I mean, how do you?" And they all just said, "Just go out and smile." Now. I'm going to preface that story, uh, to something as well. And we'll, we'll get back to that. There's a, there's a man, uh, Andy, uh, Adcock who, who is, uh, who's, a uh, just a, a good, he's turned into Indian Meg Adcock. He's turned into a good friend of mine. Um, he did something in the, in the, the final round of, of the finals, but he also did something in the final round of the first stage. He, he, I, I talked to him on the 10th hole. I, I got to know this guy. He was, uh, just a patron, just kind of watching the tournament, and I struck up a conversation in the middle of the round, and and um, he ended up looking me up and seeing seeing how I was, you know, just kind of checking me out. So I, I was I was nice and, and said something to him. So he, he looked me up online, and and before the final round of first stage, he came out to me and he was standing by my cart. I'll never forget. I walk out of the bathroom, put the sunblock on, and he goes, and I I hadn't seen him since the first day, and he says, Rob, he goes, I just want you to know, um, he goes, uh, I checked you out, and he goes, you're such a nice guy. He goes, I, I just prayed for you. And I wanted you to know that. And I was like, well, oh, my gosh. Well, thanks, Andy. I, you know, I i mean, I'm a God-fearing guy, but I don't, I don't uh, you know, I'm, I go to church every once in a while. And he goes, I don't, I just don't want to be weird. He goes, I just wanted to tell you that and go out there and have a great time. And I was like, wow. I was like, that's cool. So I went out, I think, in the final round. I shot 68 and, and uh, you know, got through first stage. So so let's go back to that third round. After the third round, I'm, I'm praying to God and doing all this stuff. I go out there and we're at TPC Tampa Bay and this is, you know, a month later. And uh, I walk out from putting the sunblock on and sure, heck, sure. Heck who's standing there by my cart with, uh, with my caddy, but Andy, he's like, Rob, just want you to know I prayed for you again. And I was like, I was like, wow, this is really cool. I said, so that kind of put me at ease. You know, it was kind of like this, I had this guy this like angel in my, in my show, on my side, you know, after me, the, the, the night before, you know, in tears, just, you know, just calling my, you know, calling my wife, calling my son, and and you know, everybody gave me gave me good advice. My wife probably gave me the best advice. You know, she said, "Honey," she goes, "I know how you like to talk, and I like, you know, how you like to you know have fun out there with everybody." She goes, "She goes, I want you just for this one round." She goes, "You know, just put your head down and don't talk to people." She goes, "And just get this done." She goes, "Because if you can get this done, you can talk to whoever you want to in all these tournaments you can play." And she goes, I know you can do it. And you know, you can do it. She goes, but you just got to focus. So I took her, her word for it. And, uh, and everybody else's. And I smiled and I focused. I didn't talk to people. And, I, and sure enough, I got, I had three holes to go and I didn't know how I was playing in the final round. Um, I mean, I knew I was playing. Okay. So I turned to my caddy and I said, Todd, I said, how are we playing? I said, what do we got? He goes, well, you got three. So I said, okay, well, I got three. That must mean I got three shots clear of like getting my card. I'm like, sweet. I'm like, okay, uh, that's pretty good. He didn't have, you know, good hearing, and he said, "No pro." He goes, "You you got a three shot lead." He goes, "He goes, you're eight under today," and I'm, uh, I was, I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah, you're eight under." He was just make three pars, man, and <laughs> we're good. And I was like, "Holy shit!" I was like, <laughs> "I, I can wow." I said, that's pretty cool." So, so I went in. I got three shot lead. I made three nice solid pars, and then the next thing you know, I was I, one of my friends came. And he, Gave me a big hug and he said, "Sacrifice," and I just started balling, and uh, all everything, all those years of work just kind of came out in that one moment, and uh, and here we are, you know, we're we're chasing the dream out in the Champions Tour. It's the it's the darndest thing, <laughs> it's, and it's really freaking cool.
2: That you know, so that is just super awesome and a really, really, really incredible story. And I think it's important to note something that came to mind for me to the junior golfers that are listening to this. And it's just because you feel nervous or just because you feel like, like you said, you were just in tears. You were praying, you're calling all your friends. You just did not know what to do. It doesn't not mean that you're going to perform badly the next day. All that really means is that, you know, you care Care. a lot. That's exactly right. (laughs) It's just that you care a super (laughs) amount. And um, I'd like you to talk about that mindset. And did you, have you had a point in your career where you didn't care and you weren't nervous because I've had, that's when I realized that kind of, I didn't, I knew that I wasn't at a point where I couldn't really perform anymore, where I have had points where I can't perform anymore is where I'm not nervous.
0: I wouldn't say I'm nervous. I'm nervous all the time. Okay. It's just part of it. But you, you, there's a calm nervous, you know, there's nervous. And then there's a calm nervous the calm nervous is knowing you're out there and you're nervous and, and you're doing your thing, but you know, you're preparing yourself for these things and, and you got to understand adrenaline. Adrenaline's another thing. You know, you're out there, your body's in these adrenaline States. You're in these different States cause you're excited to play. You're, you're nervous to play. So you've just got to learn how to breathing is a big key. Uh, I use Neuropeak Pro. I breathe, you know, every, I try to breathe every night before I go to bed. I can fall asleep very fast. You know, there's ways to calm your body down. And nervousness does not mean that you're going to fail. No, my goodness. It means that you're in a heightened state. And if you can, if you can embrace that heightened state, you can do magnificent things. You just got to learn how to embrace it and then learn how to, to channel it into, into playing properly. Um, and that's a learned skill, just like chipping and putting and, and, and pitching. It's just things that you have to go. I mean, that's why, you know, when I look at these final rounds where I haven't been performing great, I, I don't look at it as, as failures. I look at it as I'm, I'm finding my, my sort of equation to make it work. Uh, and when, when that equation is solved, then everything will be fine. Uh, so you just got to keep plugging away and don't get discouraged and just keep, keep having fun with it and, and work, your, work your tail off. And that's what I continue
1: to do. That's a great mindset. And it's something that I see from a lot of friends of ours and people we talk to who are younger pros, you know, in the 24 to 22 range. They don't have the life experience or the maturity to at least be able to look back and realize not that things don't matter, but to put everything in perspective, but also embrace that moment to them. Uh, it can, it can some, it can sometimes become more than the moment and more than it is. And, in your case, right there, that third round, you know, you're reaching out to everybody. I can imagine that that was probably one of the most nervous times you've ever uh, experienced before a tournament.
0: 100% most nervous I've ever been. I've never had the emotion go through me like that did. I mean, guys, I was on, the, I'm on the floor. I'm on the, I'm on my knees. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm asking the Lord for help. You know, I'm calling all my friends. I, I mean, I'm, I'm shaking like a leaf. It was, it was yeah, I was searching, you know, I just wanted to get through it so bad because I wanted it so bad, you know, Mm -hmm. but, but you can, you can, you can pull through things like that. And, you know, like you said something really cool, uh, Daniel, you said that, you know, they don't have, people don't have the maturity to play. Uh, I see this all the time. I mean, I I play with, with, I mean, I play two programs a week. Uh, and then I play with, with a lot of amateur golfers and, and I see guys, you know, hit a bad shot and they just, they blow up or they get down or they slam a club or they, whatever it is and then they're carrying that along with them. And it's like man, you know, you walk out of your house and you trip on something. You know, 20 minutes later you're saying, "Damn, man, I can't believe I tripped on that thing." 40 minutes later you're like, "Oh, man, I can't believe I tripped on that thing." No. You know, you trip on the thing, and you forget, "Oh my god, I tripped." And then you forget about it. But yet golf is this one sport where, "Oh man, I can't believe I missed that putt." You know, 10 minutes later you're like, "Man, I can't believe I missed that putt." You minutes later, like, "Man, I'm not playing good today. I missed that putt." you know, it's like, give me a break. Just forget about it. Move on. Go to the next shot. You're just those guys that do that. I love it because I own them. (laughs) I'll take your cash all day long. (laughs) You know,
1: I love it. (laughs) Golf, golf happens and life happens. And after that event, as we said, most nervous you've ever been going forward. Did that help you playing in these events? Because now you've got status, you're out there playing in those events. I imagine you're nervous, but did that experience help you be prepared for those uh, Champions Tour events going forward?
0: Yes. Yes. Definitely. I was conditioned as a club pro to play in a big event two times a year. I played the National Club Pro, PJ Championship. And then after that, it was done. I went back to my job. But now, now it's like, okay, well, okay, I have the, I have the uh, last week I had, um, uh, we played in the Chubb Classic. You know, next week I've got the Collegard, You know, the week after that I've got the Hogue. The week after that I've got, you know, Palm Springs. I got the gallery. So there's there's getting out of that mindset of of I've just got one event to play in was a hard thing for me to break after thirty one years. So last year was a big learning year for me, uh, without a doubt. Now I it doesn't mean that I still don't get nervous. I mean the third round of the US Senior Open, I think I had a two and a half or three footer to shoot my third consecutive sixty nine to play in the second and last group and and I was standing over that putt, and the hole looked like it was, like, like maybe that big. <laughs> you know, my body's starting to shake. You know, you go through all these emotions. I, I, you know, I'm standing over this putt. I, I think I backed off this thing three times. I'm saying to myself, there's no way I'm getting this thing in the hole. I finally backed off the third time. My caddy comes over, me, he, he calls me Papa. Mark's showing the wall. He's awesome. He goes, Papa, He goes, are you okay? And I'm like, Mark? There's no freaking way I'm making this putt. <laughs> he goes, what are you talking about? I said, dude, I am so nervous right now. I said, I can't tell you how nervous I am. He's like, he's like, well, that's good. He goes, that's good. Now get up there and knock that putt in. So I said, okay, so I get up there. The first the first time I get up there, right? I'm standing over it. My hands start to shake. My body starts to shake. You know, the cameras are on you. It's not, it's not that I'm nervous from from the I don't know what. I don't know what it is. Why I was so nervous. I don't know what it was. To be honest with you, because I can make putts in front of anybody. But I'm standing over this putt, I'm getting ready to pull the club back. And, uh, and, and you know, I have a two year old, and the song Baby Shark gets in my head. Baby Shark, do, 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 baby Shark, do, do. Right? So I back off, and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. My body's shaking. I'm like, dude, how's Baby Shark get in my head? You got get yourself, get yourself together, boy, you know? So I get up over the putt again, and do the same thing, and the song pops in my head again Baby Shark, do, doo do, do. do. I back off and I'm like, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta get this putt in the hole. So, so anyway, I get up, I stroke the putt, my body shakes, you know, I feel the blade go wide open and I push the heck out of the putt and it dives in the right side. I mean, it dove in, thank God it dove in. I think, I don't know what happened, but miraculously it dove in the right side and and everybody cheered. and, And Mark came over to me and he goes, see, he goes, how do you feel now? He goes, you got it done. He goes, you got it in the hole. I said, yeah. So, Fast forward to, you know, the final round where I've got a seven-footer on the last hole to finish in the top five uh, to make par. And uh, sure enough, I buried that sucker right in the center. So once you get through those those finish lines, you learn and you say, okay, I can do that. It's This is not – this is just golf. It's just golf. So, yeah, all these learning experiences I'm learning. It's my first year out there, first year playing full-time, and these guys have been doing it 30 years. So I'm, I don't – Mind sharing these experiences and tell people how nervous I was because over that seven footer I wasn't as nervous as I was over that two footer. You know, it gets easier.
1: Those are both instances where you know you had pressure on you and you succeeded. And once you had that level level of success, you're like, okay, like I've been here before, I've done it. Some sometimes you know just through luck and other things that happens to people, and you know they miss a putt for one reason or another. What are the, what are the, are there any times where you've had pressure and you failed and how have you learned from that?
0: Yeah, uh, sure. I was, uh, oh my goodness. Yeah. To, to the New York state open. Uh, I was going to be the first guy ever to win the New York state open four times. Uh, and this was ni- uh, 2019 maybe, uh, or 18, 19, somewhere around there. I had a one shot lead going into 18, um, after burning 17 at Bethpage black. Uh, And I hit a perfect three wood right down the middle wedged down the green 24 feet. Perfect. Uh, Left my first putt about three and a half feet short and I had a three and a half footer to, uh, to win. Uh, And I missed it. I pulled it, you know, I was nervous and I pulled it. I went to a playoff and, um, and, you know, lost in the first hole of the playoff. So yeah, I was really nervous on that putt uh, and then to not win you know, in a playoff, was, uh, was a bummer to not become the, you know, the, the only four-time champion of the New York State Open. Um, yeah, so you failed that. What did I learn from that? I learned to just calm yourself down. You know, take a breather. Uh, you know, take a breath. Everyone will wait for you. It's golf. It's okay. The 54th hole of the PGA Championship in 2010, I was, I think, five or six shots off the lead going into my 54th hole. Uh, I hit a good drive down the right side. I had one like 175 into into the ninth hole uh, at Whistling Straits, and and I hit a, a, hit a nine iron just to the right. Took a kind of bad bounce into a bunker, and um, this is 2010. This is back you know a few years, and and nine and eighteen kind of come in together, uh, and Tiger was coming off eighteen, and I was in the bunker, and I knew he was coming up eighteen, and um, I was getting ready to hit my bunker shot, and instead of taking my time and waiting for him to come up, because they were announcing everybody that came up to 9 and 18. You know, I wanted to get this bunker shot in the hole. I'm like, get it get, it, get it done, get it done. Come on, you're, you're six shots off the lead. You've got to get it done. get it, Come on, get it. So, I, you know, I, I caught this bunker shot a little heavy, um, you know, kind of rolled up the hill, and then rolled back down into my footprint, you know, and that was a deep footprint, man. <laughs> you know, I chunk it out. I have a long story short, I make nine, you know, in my last hole. Uh, You know, I went from six shots off the lead to, you know, seven, eight, nine, 10, like 12 or 13 shots off the lead. Um, you know, so those are two things that, uh, that you just learned from. What did I learn from that experience? Take your time, stand back, take a breath, you know, um, it's okay. You, you, they'll wait for you. No one's, no one's going to go anywhere. The hole's not going to move. Uh-huh. Um, same thing, 70 uh, first hole, of the U.S. senior open last year. Playing with Ernie Els, I think I was even par going into, uh, I, was, I was in second place, I guess, going into uh, my 71st hole. Um, par three, my caddy, Mark Schoenwald, tells me, Rob, hit at the front right portion of the screen. I said, Mark, I just came off birdie off 16. I said, I'm going right at this fly. I got a wedge in my hand. He goes, Papa, he goes, you got to go on the right portion of that green. He goes, it's a firm green. I said, I can stop this wedge. I, I just let me give me the wedge. Give me the wedge. I got a wedge in my hand. I can go right at this thing. Um, So sure enough, he's like, you pull your club. He goes, you do your thing. He goes, you got it in your brain. You do it. I hit this wedge perfectly, you know, perfect right at the flag. Um, I'm like, oh, watch this. Watch this. Here comes another 30, you know, boom, boom. Two bounces goes over the green uh, by about this much and rough about that thick. And I'm standing up over that shot. Ernie Els hit it on the front right of the green. And he says to me, he goes, hey, he goes, Rob, you want to come up on, come up? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I want to come up. I want to come up. Mm another instance where i should have just said okay now ernie you come up uh, i should you know it's okay you come up i'm gonna just relax i'd hit this shot 50 times in a practice round i was ready to hit it of course what do i do i get up to it you know got a little quick with it caught a little thin you know kind of bladed it uh you know on the green but at 60 feet my three putt right so almost made the 60 footer. hit the edge uh, but then it went four feet by i didn't make it so you know that 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 hole cost me what a couple hundred thousand bucks, maybe three hundred thousand dollars. I don't know. I, you know, something like that. But all these learning experiences are learning experiences. You don't tell yourself that you're terrible. You don't tell yourself that you're, you know, you're not worthy of it. You gotta learn. It's okay. You know, I mean that's just keep putting yourself there. Good things will happen. But look at it in a positive light. You know, don't look at it as a negative thing. Look at it as okay, this is I learned from that. Now what should I have done? Ernie else? No, Ernie, you go ahead. It's okay. Bring it up, buddy. You know, I'll wait. It's cool. I'm one of those guys who got a lot of energy. I don't know if you can tell (laughs) by the way I'm talking, right? I like to just go and go and go. So, um, you know, I've got, those are the things that I've got to learn and those things that I am learning.
1: Absolutely. And something interesting there with all three of those instances, you said you learned, hey, I probably need to slow down take a breath, and you mentioned earlier there's some breathing techniques that you used. Can you tell us a little bit more about your breathing and your process for trying to slow down, calm down, and take things easy?
0: Yeah, so there's a, there's a thing that's called the Next Belt, uh and it's run by Neuropeak Pro. You put it around your waist, and you can, you can really just kind of balance out your breathing rhythm. And as you balance out your breathing rhythm, you, uh, you, know, you get into a normal natural state of unanxiousness, un- so to speak. So, um, you know, that's what I've been, that's what I've been doing. Uh, and then, uh, when I'm out there, I just, I just make sure that I breathe through my belly. Uh, you don't want to really breathe in your chest. You want to breathe through your belly, get your belly out, going back and through and just get yourself in that relaxed state to just kind of help you, you know, calm yourself down and, and get yourself into that normal, just like when you're playing with your buddy state. So, uh, I do a lot of that and do a lot of that at night too.
1: Very Cool. Well, you mentioned earlier you said when you're playing in the PGA Championships, you weren't afraid to ask people questions. You weren't afraid to learn from them. And on the Champions Tour, you got a bunch of other guys who have been playing golf for a really long time, Ernie Els among many others. Do you also ask them questions when you're out there? And if so, like what are the things that you've learned?
0: Oh gosh, yes. Um, well, uh, Jerry Kelly was a great, uh, you know, sounding board right when I got my card about travel and how to do it, where to stay. Um, you know, I've gotten a few great short game tips from Alex Jacob and David Frost, and you know, they're just uh, these guys see me out there. You know, trying to work hard. I understand I'm not a legend. I understand that I qualified for their tour, and um, I'm just happy to be out there and having a place to play for these these great purses and and to be able to learn from these guys. It's incredible. Um, so uh, you know, I'm 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 one of these guys that's that's just blessed to be out there. I'm going to work my ass off, and I'm going to beat them. Uh, I'm going to try to beat him. <laughs> uh, and I know I can, uh, but they're also, they also see me working very hard uh, and they see that uh, I'm humble about it. I want to, I want to learn. Uh, and they understand that, uh, you know, my story. And, and I think a lot of them maybe think that it's a cool story, but, uh, but I'm just, uh, you know, if I, if I ask them questions, they're, they're more than happy to, uh, to help and assist. And um, you know, it's been, it's been really nice to just get to know, uh, I mean, us open champs and, and masters champs. And I mean, it's, it's, it's really cool to get out there and just learn from these guys. I, there's, there's knowledge up here now that I learned last year that, that I've, I couldn't even imagine as my 31 years as a club pro, you know,
2: <laughs> With it being your first year on tour and you kind of got everything at your disposal, have you had to kind of pace yourself? Cause you know, you might get too worn out, Trying to use all the facilities, trying to talk to everybody. Um, by the end of the week, you're worn out. I know I've I've experienced that when I've gotten to a big tournament before.
0: Yeah, Cooper, that's a great question. So, you know, I made a pact to myself last year, and everybody warned me uh, about uh, you know what I was going to do out there. Uh, I made a pact to put myself out there and give it 150. Uh, percent I knew I was going to gas myself by the end of the season, so I, I had to learn. First of all, I had to learn all the golf courses. Uh, I only played one golf course out on tour last year that um, that I played once. It was the, it was Saucon Valley. Uh, all the other golf courses I've never seen. So my, my weeks consisted of getting there Monday. I'd play 18 holes Monday. I'd play 18 holes Tuesday. Well, I'd work out. <laughs> I'd play 18 holes. Uh, I'd get done. I'd stretch. I'd eat uh, and, and practice. You know, don't forget about that. And then Tuesday I'd get up. I'd work out. I'd practice. I'd play 18 holes. I'd practice. Stretch, go to bed. You know, Wednesday pro-Am, Thursday pro-Am, Friday 18 holes. You know, because Wednesday you're playing 18 holes, Thursday you're playing 18 holes, Friday you're playing 18 holes, Saturday, you're playing, 18 holes, Saturday you're playing 18 holes, Sunday you're playing 18 holes. So there was a stint where I played, I don't even know how many, 40 some odd days in a row of 18 holes. Um, and yeah, I, I knew what I was doing. Uh, I knew, I thought I could, because my body was in such good shape, I thought I could just kind of do it, but I didn't understand the mental tiredness. So by the second playoff event, you know, I was kind of battling being in that top 36. I was, I was pretty gassed. I felt, I was feeling frustrated. I was feeling tired. Uh, I was feeling, um, uh, you know, I don't get frustrated. Uh, you know, I, and I was feeling, I was feeling, you know, sad. I was like, oh man, you know, you're grinding, you're grinding, you're grinding, you're not getting, and so, you know, the way I live my life, it's like, that was, I knew that I was getting tired. Okay. Like you said, like, Emotionally tired because of the way I was feeling, uh, and right after that second playoff event, I got pretty sick. I was down for about ten days. I didn't have COVID, didn't have the flu, but I was I was down. I had fever, you know, sore of throat, whole nastiness, and and uh, I did a lot of, a lot of reflecting. I wrote a bunch of pages of notes of just kind of, you know, kind of how I was feeling and what I did out there. And um, you know, this year since I've already seen the golf courses, uh, I'm going to get out there. You know, maybe Tuesdays. Uh, I won't have to grind on Monday. And Tuesday, instead of going out there and playing 18 holes, I'm going to just chip and putt a little bit, maybe take a cart and ride around some holes and throw some shots around the greens. You know, I'll play one or two pro-ams Wednesday or, or, and or Thursday. Uh, sometimes I have to play two, sometimes I have to play one. But during those pro-ams, that'll be my practice, and I won't have to go grind before and after like I did. Uh, and then, you know, I want to be mentally fresh, ready to go to go for Friday.
2: Yeah, that was a that was a hard
0: thing to do, and it's hard for me because – you know, as a club pro, I always had things to do. I, I'm a doer. <laughs> you know, every every second of the day, every hour of the day, there was something to do. So now I'm actually having some time to, I don't know, go to a movie. I started journaling some stuff. I started I, I'm starting to get into Instagram. You know, I really like you know putting putting stuff out on Instagram, taking pictures, and seeing if I can put cool stuff out there. Um, yeah, trying to find some things to do. Uh, you know, I take a lot of notes. I write. I'm going to put all these notes together. Maybe maybe make a book uh, of my experiences and stuff. Uh, It's kind of kind of be fun. People say it might be interesting. So, you know, trying to find some other things to do besides work out and play golf. You know,
1: I understand. I I know we'd be interested in that. And one of the things you mentioned was this year preparing for tournaments has been, or last year preparing for tournaments was difficult. As far as you know, you haven't seen any of the courses, all that kind of stuff. I want to talk about that, but before that. Let's go back to when you were a club pro. You're, you said there are really two big events you're playing in every year, and the courses are switching up on that. How did you prepare for tournaments as a club pro, both like physically, swing wise, and like getting strategically prepared for the golf course?
0: Yeah, so I would always, um, you know, I always practiced every day. Uh, I either worked on my, I, I made sure I practiced for two to three hours a day. Uh, you know I, I hear this all the time and one of my best friends said it the other day he goes well i don't have time to practice and i kind of got on and i said all you have is time man it's what you do with your time okay don't tell me you don't have time are you the one guy who has 21 hours in the day and i have 24 no we all have 24 hours you have time to do it you just choose not to whereas i chose to make sure that i practiced and, and worked on my game um how did i prepare that way i mean i would i would pl- make sure i played holes I'd make sure I kept my short games tight. I'd work on my putting. I made sure that I uh, I chipped and putted, uh, made sure that I hit enough golf balls, played with my members, um, you know, sort of the ways that you could as a club pro. Um, and then, you know, going into tournaments, I didn't teach as much. Uh, I would take maybe the day or two up prior to it and maybe teach a little less, maybe practice a little bit more. Um, it was kind of like one of those things. Um, and then I made sure I played practice rounds. If I had a tournament, I'd try to go out there and play a practice round. You got to see what the golf course is going to offer you, um, and I know a lot of my you know fellow PGA pros don't uh, don't play practice or not. It's Like oh, I don't have time to play practice rounds. Well, you do. You're just choosing not to. You know, so it's like one of those things where I wanted to see what the golf course you know brought to me, whether it was soft, hard, firm, what the greens were like, what I had to you know where I could miss it, where I couldn't. So I tried to prepare myself that way, and then you know for the PGA for the National Club Pros. You know, I, I played eight, eight PGA's that way. I got through them. I, I never really went in to, to win the National Club Pro. I went in there to to, to play par golf. Um, I always knew that if I if I played par golf or, you know, a little bit better than par golf, I'd get in. So it wasn't like I was out there trying to, you know, I, I, maybe in the back of my mind I was trying to win, but I always knew just, okay, just be cool, shoot par, and you played a major. If you play in a major and you play good in a major, you, you have a lot more doors open up to you than, than the, the National Club Pro. Now, I'm not taking anything away from National Club Pro. It's because it's if you win that thing, you get six tour exemptions. Um, but I never went in there with the mindset of, of winning. I went in there with the mindset of making a lot of pars, center of the greens, you know, being smart. Um, and that's why I played in so many PGA championships. I, I hope the PGA pros are out there listening to this because that's the advice I would give them.
1: That's interesting you say that about practice rounds, you know, getting out there. And that's something that we focused a lot on here because as ju- junior golfers if, in general have no clue what they're doing in practice rounds. And even college golfers and younger pros, a lot of times just go out there and they don't, they don't know what to do in practice rounds. Like they do things, but not necessarily things that are beneficial to getting prepared for the course. What are the specific things that you do to make sure, Hey, I know where I can miss it. I know where I can't miss it. Hey, like I know How these greens are running, getting yourself ready for when you step out there to be as prepared as possible.
0: Yeah, so you know when I play practice, that's a great question. When I play practice rounds, you know I used to do the same thing. You would go out there and you'd work on your game. (laughs) Just, just, you know, you're not out there. Practice round is there to get to know the golf course. You're not trying if you're playing a cut that day. You're not trying to fix the cut and try to play a hook or hitting unsolid. You're not trying to hit it solid. You're out there trying to learn the golf course. You know, off the tee, there's always an X off the tee. There's a side you don't want to be. Find out what that side is, okay? Tiger Woods talks about playing, you know, chess out there, checkers, right? He plays chess and he plays masterful chess. The more that you can kind of read into these golf courses, the better you're going to be. Find out what the fairways are like. Find out what the tee's like. Are the greens like? Are they firm? Are they fast? You know, what's the prevailing wind? What's the wind going to be doing? When do they water? Um, What time is your tee time going to be? You know, figure out all these things. Your X off the tee. Where do you want to hit it off the tee? Do you want to hit it right or left? Do you want to be on the right side of the fairway or left side of the fairway? Uh, Where do you want to Where do you want to not miss the green? If there's there's always a place where if you miss the green on one of the holes, it's bad. So so find that place and don't miss it there. You know, find out the places you do want to miss it. Is Short better than most of the times. Okay, if I'm not hitting the ball, great. I'll I'll hit it on the front edge of the green or just short of the green, chip up and make pars all day long. Um, You know figure out those sort of things instead of trying to go out there and work on your swing. And, you know, that doesn't do you any good. You should be focused on what the golf course is giving you. Uh, Find out what it's like when the balls come out of the rough. Is it going to skip? Is it going to run? Is it going to, you know, what's it going to be like around the greens? How are the bunkers playing? Do The bunkers have check to them or do they have run to them? I mean, what's it like? Are they firm? Are they soft? What kind of bounce do you need? There's all sorts of different techniques that you got to, that you got to think about when you're out there playing those practice rounds. So, um those are the things that i think about
2: that is beautiful and i want to go into what you were talking about earlier about just reflection and journaling you said you took a lot of notes after the end of last season what does that reflection process look like and just what do you look for in a journaling session
0: i write down mostly emotions how i feel what i was feeling when i when i played in this event what i felt like after i played the round uh you know, what I felt like when I hit this shot or that shot, what I felt like when I made this birdie or what I felt like when I made this double bogey or how did I react to all that stuff? Um, You know, you can learn a lot about yourself when you, when you, when you journal all that stuff down. Um, You know, for the first time, you know, at the end of the season, uh, I said to myself, I said, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Are you freaking kidding me? I waited my entire life to do this, right? For me to say something like that to myself, that just shows that I was mentally exhausted, you know, because there's nothing more than I want to do than get out there and compete against golf. And here I was saying to myself, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. So that was my body saying, okay, enough. But learning about that, it doesn't mean that you, oh, oh do I want to do this? anymore? of course I do. I waited my entire life to get there. But it means that, okay, well, why am I mentally tired? What did I do? Oh, okay. Could have been that I played 40 days in a row. You know, <laughs> you know, including practice rounds and working out and practicing. So, all those things I just wrote down and I learned from. Them. I went over those notes and I said, okay, well, shoot, you know, I did put in a 10 hour day, you know, this day. I put in a 12 hour day the next day. And I put in a 10 hour day the next day. And I put in a nine hour day the next day. And I put in a 12 hour day the day after that. And after I finished my round there, I went out and I practiced eight balls and I chipped and punted for another two to three hours. I mean, you know, you can't sustain that. There's no chance you have to do sustain that. But, but it's also the rookies, and, and you know when you're a rookie, you, you feel like you, the more you practice, the better you're going to get. I mean, it is kind of true, but you also you got to let your mind rest. I mean, look at Fred Couples. When Fred might play an event, and he comes out, and he'll shoot 60 and win, and he hasn't played in like five weeks. So if that doesn't tell you your skill level's not there, you know, you know he's the perfect example. Um, you know, I was chatting with Justin Leonard. Uh, a few weeks ago at uh, at Law Street, pro member, uh, we were getting golf balls together. And he was saying, you know, um, you know, I was asking him what he what he did. He said, Rob, I, you know, I went out, I hadn't played much golf. And he goes, I went out, I, I was working out and working on my body. He goes, but I took some time off. And, and I went out and played a few holes with my son. And, and you know, I, I just, you know, drove around the golf course. And, you know, I'm not grinding and grinding and grinding. And I'm playing so much better because I, I'm excited to go out and play tournaments. That's what I'm learning. I'm trying to find the balance there. I haven't found it yet, you know, um, I'm, I'm working towards that uh, at the Chub last week, you know, I, instead of grinding and grinding, and grinding, I, you know, I played some, I played a good second round. I think I was five or six under uh, and then I shot one over in the final, but uh, you know, towards, uh, you know, I was, I was having frustrating battles with the, with the, with the Bermuda grass. I mean, I almost felt for the first time in my life, I almost felt yippy around the greens for, with, with trying to get my, my club through that grass. Uh, and you know, around the greens cost me a bunch of shots, probably cost me six or seven shots around the greens. Uh, and that's, you know, you just have to, instead of like going out and golf balls, okay, let's go hit some pitch shots for like an hour and just, just hit pitch shots. Don't worry about it. Just hit some pitch shots and then go have some breakfast or have some dinner, you know, see your family. My family was there with me. So, you know, hanging out with my kids is a big thing and hanging out with my wife. I enjoy that, you know, so finding other things to do instead of just grind, 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 because sooner or later you're just going to grind yourself with put a pencil in a sharper man, the more you try to sharpen that thing, you're just going to grind it down to a nub. <laughs> and that's what happens. You know?
1: That's, that's pretty truth. good analogy right there. That's, that's <laughs> d- just came that's up with that on. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 perfect. We'll let you get back to hanging out with your family in just a second. And we'll ask you the last question that we ask every guest, which is if you could go back to yourself as a junior golfer and tell yourself just one thing, what would that one thing be?
0: I would tell myself well, I can't tell just one thing. I'm going to make a little list here, okay? Go I for it. Tell my, I would tell myself to not live and die in every shot. Um, I would tell myself to, if you hit a good or bad one, it doesn't matter. And I would tell myself to just be cool, you know, and smile and have fun. Because the reason why we're out here is because we love the game of golf. If you're getting frustrated out there and getting mad at yourself and you're letting one hand go or yeah, yeah, don't play man i mean i you ever walk down the street and see some guy yeah they suck yeah you would stay as far away from that guy as you could just walking down the street right but yeah here you are playing with a guy who's doing that for 18 holes and you're accepting it because golf does that to people just don't let that happen and enjoy it and you will become a good player because you if you just let the positive stuff go into your brain uh, and just forget about the negative stuff, man, yeah, it's, you don't have, you don't have any scar tissue. I guess that would be my, my advice to myself as a younger person and all the other younger people out there.
1: That's beautiful. Well, as you mentioned, you're on Instagram and other social media. So if people want to find you, learn more about you, et cetera, where can they find you on social media?
0: Yeah. Instagram, just go to Rob LeBritz Brits golf. Uh, and same thing on Twitter, Rob the Brits golf, uh, Facebook, uh, uh, LinkedIn as well. Uh, if you're into that stuff, uh, you know, go to roblbritz uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, I will, uh, uh, if you shoot me a message, you know, I'll answer you. I'm not one of those guys who thumbs through it. Uh, and, uh, you know, reach out to me. And, uh, if you're ever out there and please come up to me, say hello, say, you know, I heard you on this podcast or this way, I will stop and talk to you. I love to talk to people, meet people, I'm not the guy to, to brush you off and say, I got to do it later. I will sit there and, and chat with you about whatever you want to know.
1: So, um, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Be sure to give Rob a follow. And then, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please subscribe and leave us a rating. And then, if you're listening on YouTube, please like and subscribe. This helps us get our message out to more people. Additionally, if you're trying to find us on social media, we're on Instagram at the tournament code and on Twitter at tournament code. As always, we look forward to getting together and diving in deeper to what it takes to play Elite Tournament Golf.